This is Sunday, March 29th, and I have been taking a break for a couple of days to try and get myself back into order. Sometimes you just need a rest. It's been a very long week for me, and I took a break to focus on resting and thinking more about this podcast. The reason that I started it was simple. I wanted to help people cope with the situation using the same tools and strategies that work for me. I knew it would not be a fancy or high-quality podcast. It's done basically in one take, and I know I wouldn't sound the best. I edit it, and then I publish it right away. My audience, all of you, are free thinkers, independent, and walk your own path. You want to control, and you don't want to panic. Redefining normal is about understanding how we got here, what is going on right now, and where we will go next. It's about deciding what your new normal is going to be. We already accept that social distancing, self-isolating when we are sick, frequent hand-washing, frequent counter-washing, contact points, working remotely, are now, and probably will be for some time, our new normal. We see a growing amount of social engagement online, and that's dramatically spiked. It's also using up a lot of bandwidth. Now, media streaming from home has also become very routine. Now, routines create habits. Humans are currently being rewired. So after the crisis, they're going to stay home more. They're going to stream more. They're not going to gather in groups as much. So not so many concerts, theaters, and things like that, at least not for some time. So how many times have you heard everyone chant the catchphrase, flatten the curve? And how many times is this showing up in the media? Now, there's very few people that actually know what that means. We can't beat the virus, but we can slow it down. So flattening the curve simply means doing what we can to reduce the number of cases coming in and the number of deaths going out. So we want to reduce new cases, reduce new deaths, give our healthcare system a chance to rebound. So one of the changes that we are currently seeing is the ebbing of panic and fatigue starting to set in to replace it. Now, fatigue will cause more damage than panic. At least panic is action of some sort. Fatigue is a destructive inaction, depression, things like that. So after running on adrenaline for a couple of weeks, our tanks are starting to become empty. So for me, I took a couple days of rest. By now, you should have the basic strategies you need to weed through the noise and find the nuggets of intelligence that you can then convert into knowledge. So these are some of the skills that I have brought to you. Now, knowledge is power. Having knowledge puts you in an advantage over everybody else. You apply this knowledge to gain experience, and then you control your normal, and you get to redefine your normal. What I've done is teach you basically how to think. Now, I know you learn that in schools, but they only teach you how to think what they want you to know, not how to think critically. They want you to think the way the herd mentality thinks. Now, the ability to think independently separates those who survive and thrive from those who merely exist and hope for the best. You either panic or you work the problem. Knowledge opens doors closed to other people. I am not a fortune teller, as I've said before, but I am ahead of the curve. So let me relate to you my forecast for the next six months, and then I'm going to tell you how I synthesized the information that I found and validated to gain this knowledge. By the end of April 2020 in North America, the current crisis is going to peak. The worst will be over, store shelves will begin to be filled, and panic buying will stop, or at least slow down. The high demand for medical staff is going to start to diminish, and we're going to see a new dawn. Now, what that means is we're going to see more medical resources available, more treatments, more volunteers, and that's going to be good because some of our healthcare workers are exhausted, and they're going to start getting a little sick themselves. Now, by the end of July, we will see the return of core functions like daycares, schools, clinics, dentists, and so on. Then by the end of August will be the return of what we call comfort services, hairdressers, nail salons, bars, pizzas, fitness centers, restaurants, things like that. 
Now the second wave, and we are going to get a second wave, is going to strike us at about the end of September, sometime in October. Now it's not going to hit us as hard because we're going to be more prepared for it. Well, you and I and parts of the government, there's still a lot of people who are going to panic because they're going to think this is over. So unless something changes drastically with the virus or our current strategies against it, this is what is probably going to happen. Now I determined this by reading factual information from the government, CDC, uh, World Health Organization sources, things like that. Not the media. Remember, the media is not factual. I put together everything in a single report, all the various information pieces that's synthesizing the information, and then I verified against each other and took the verified information, put that together, and then I analyzed it to make my forecast. So what I discovered was that in Hubei province, where Wuhan is located, it has three times the population of New York State, but roughly the same density. It's smaller by about 100 people per square kilometer. In 30 days before March, uh, they reported a small increase in deaths and, and cases. The previous 30 days to that was a lot higher. So February was their tough period, and then it peaked in March. Now in March, their cases started to go down. So what I discovered was that Hubei province, where Wuhan is located, has three times the population of New York, but roughly the same population density, difference of about 100 people per square kilometers. So in the 30 days, February 1 to the end of February, that was their tough period. And then their cases actually peaked going into March. So they were doing everything that we were doing now, and they pushed back the virus. They're starting to reopen businesses. They're still keeping distances. They're also wearing masks in public. Now, in February, there was about 24 cases for every death. In March, that dropped to two cases per death. So fewer cases were appearing. Using New York State as comparison, they had a single case on March 1 and 52,318 cases on March 27, which should at current declines reach about 80,000 by March 31st, which is in keeping with their greater density. Now, as of March 27th, we have in New York a ratio of 71 cases per death. Now, this is similar to Hubei for the same kind of time frame. Now, if we follow the same protocols through March and April, we're also going to achieve the same results, meaning that New York State will probably peak in April. Now, we have worked with coronavirus for decades, and we seem to get a vaccine developed by six months from the start of an outbreak. So that would put a vaccine in June or July. We have countless resources dedicated to this task, so this is a safe bet. It's mostly going to go to the people that really need it. We probably won't see one till October or next year. So these are all real numbers, real history. The numbers are information verified by our history, which is experience. The result is new knowledge. We need to do something with knowledge or it has no value. It becomes useless data. So we apply knowledge to gain experience. So look, having a great resume doesn't mean anything if you never use it to get a job, right? It's like knowing which stores are having sales but never buying anything. The knowledge is basically worthless. So we know the worst is almost over, right? This is the time to take that knowledge and get some experience. We need to make the knowledge something that we can act on. So the knowledge has to be actionable. So we know shelves are going to be restocked pretty soon. So now we have to ask ourselves, what do we need to buy? How are we going to do it? How much financial resource do we have? What is the plan to catch up on bills? Do I have enough food right now to see me through to mid-May? What skills can I learn now that will put me ahead of the pack next month? Software, language, academics, practical skills. So now is the time to prepare. You have the knowledge that things are going to get better. Now you need to be prepared for it. You need to use that knowledge to say, okay, I'm going to be ready when everyone else is caught on their left foot. 
I want to give you some solid strategies as well to help put you on top. And these are physical strategies, things you can do and should be doing that other people are not. So there are a lot of people staying at home, but they're staying up late, they're drinking alcohol, they're whatever. So get sleep. Start right now, six to eight hours a day. Sleep is going to build up your immunity system and it builds energy. You think better, you feel better, you perform better. Eat whole foods. That's fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, rice, meat, chicken, fish, anything that's not processed. And try to lower the amount of sugar that you have. I know you can't avoid it completely and you don't want to. Exercise. Just 15 minutes walking around your yard is enough to boost endorphins and increase immunity. Activate your white blood cells, flush out toxins. Look, movement is life. You just have to move a little. We're not talking about becoming a bodybuilder here or running the Olympics. It's just moving out in the fresh air, breathing in some fresh air. Now rest. Now rest is not sleep. Rest is putting your attention into something singular, a focus, something productive, enjoyable, reading a book. Focus only on one thing. Give yourself an hour or two a day to just rest. And that's it. No magic here. Sleep enough, eat healthy, move, rest. Can you do that? Look, only you have the control to decide to change your routine. The ability to change the way we live and act and think is the ability to survive and thrive while others do not. Changing the way that you behave every day, sleeping better, eating better, getting rest, moving. These are things that you can change now that will become your new tomorrow, your new habit. And that's going to put you ahead of everyone else that's still sitting on their ass. That is what redefining normal is all about. This podcast is dedicated to you, the listener. My mission is to help everybody to be the best possible person who will lead the world out of this crisis by redefining the new normal. I want you to be one of those people on top. Please continue to share and like this podcast and be well. 